Greetings and Habarigani. Welcome to the Cozy Chat Podcast. Uh, by the time you guys are hearing this, it is probably going to be around the end of Kwanzaa and possibly 2021. So, Happy New Year's, everybody. I am your host, Corey. I go by he, him, his pronouns. And these are my lovely co-hosts. Hi, I'm Maxine. I go by she, her, hers. Happy holidays, guys. Hey, I'm Sasha. I go by she, her, hers. Happy holidays, merry days for those who don't celebrate anything. <laughs> yeah. So, how have you guys been? It's been a it's been a minute. All right. Like things have been going well. My semester has ended, so time has I have way more time, so I'm happy. Yeah, I'm just chilling. <laughs> I am um, just relaxing and um, trying to figure out what I want to do for the next year like I want to plan projects out so that way I have time to like do pre-production stuff because when I get back to like filming and doing photography productions again yeah I kind of feel the same way um particularly about 2021 I really want to focus on doing a lot more projects I need to do a lot more writing I wanted to do for 2020 was a lot more original work However, aside from the podcast, which I'm very proud of, Mm -hmm. but aside from just the podcast, I definitely want to get into doing more filmmaking, which, again, was completely derailed this year thanks to the COVID-19 virus. Mm -hmm. Uh, But hopefully, crossing our fingers here, 2021 will be much better and just society will be much will be better equipped to function, whether the virus is here to stay or these so-called vaccines, you know, do their job. Yeah. yeah. I haven't really been thinking about starting any new projects, but now you guys make me want to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> Glad we inspired you. Yeah. You know, mentioning the vaccine, do you guys have any thoughts on that? Uh, I've been hearing a lot of kind of mixed things. Of course, I have the people on one side who are just grateful that we finally have a vaccine. Therefore, we can hopefully finally get back to some semblance of what things were like before 2020, 
particularly March 2020. And then I know there are some people who they don't necessarily trust it, right? Whether it's because there's been certain images in the media in which, you know, like, yeah, there's been like images of people giving like fake shots or passing out on TV or people becoming partially paralyzed. So there are lots of individuals who just don't trust the quality of the vaccine. So I don't know yeah. what you guys, are, what your thoughts are. For me, I'm on the side of don't take it, don't trust it. Mm-hmm. Um, because one, like vaccines take time to develop. Like a really good vaccine, it takes time and they rush through this, you know? So I don't trust the fact that the vaccine for a virus that constantly mutates differently in people will actually be effective. Like it could be, for example, let's take the three of us, right? And we each take the vaccine. It may make, you know, work perfectly for you, Corey, but then maybe Sasha, it ruins her, you know, her taste palette and her tongue and stuff. Maybe for me, I become partially paralyzed, you know, because it mutates, the virus mutates differently in different people. And, you know, there's other variations. Like if you have a pre-existing condition, if you're elderly, if what you call, you're a child, like there's so many factors that there's not enough research on and all of a sudden they have a vaccine that can help uh, you know cure the what you call the COVID-19 virus like that's not believable you know like that um I forgot what's his name I think Dr. Fauci that's his name yeah Uh um Mm -hmm. he said himself that it takes time for a a really good vaccine to develop you know and so for me personally it's like I don't trust a vaccine that just came like within the year, you know, like it, it finally came out like a little bit less than, I think it needs more time to develop. And when they actually get a really good vaccine, then there's hope. But I doubt that this vaccine is actually going to be beneficial for every single person. Uh, For the vaccine, I feel like if I take it, I'm going to wait until like almost 2022. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to see how things have turned out for most people who have taken it. I, I don't, I'm not on the same vein as Maxine where I think that it's, I think it has been rushed, but I do think they have taken the appropriate precautions. Mm-hmm. So I'm on the side of like, I don't want to just get caught up with random side effects like Maxine said. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of this like dog and pony show everybody getting the vaccine on tv is like wait it's not gonna work yeah (laughs) like it's not gonna bring people's confidence in this vaccine there was a lady who fainted on tv there was another lady who had to be rushed into i don't even know what and they were healthcare workers so it's like if it could happen to healthcare workers what can happen to us exactly and kind of like what you said i think a lot of this media hoo-ha about you know having people come on TV and take the vaccine. Like it is, it is a kind of a circus. It's a, you know, like you said, a horse and pony show. There was one uh, instance where they were supposedly giving someone a shot on live television. However, there was nothing in the needle. In fact, the needle had already been compressed, like empty. And what they did is they, you know, put the needle into someone's arm and like the, the part you press down, all they did was like wiggle it with their thumb because again, it was already pressed all the way down because there was nothing inside the vial. It was an mm-hmm. empty shot. 
they thought people weren't going to notice, but people, because you know they got these conspiracy theorist type folks out here who are going to comb through all those vi- all the video, and they zoomed in. It was like, yo, they're really trying to do the the hokey doke with us right now, right? Yeah. And then you have the other two. You have the two people who had their faces partially paralyzed or something from uh, one of the first rounds of these vaccines. You had the nurse who fainted on TV. Now she said she fainted uh, because that's just, she said it was from a pre, pre-existing condition that she already has where she is predisposed to fainting under certain conditions anyway. Again, I don't know her personally to be able to just straight out call her a liar or anything like that. Yeah, But because they're doing all these things and it's not going, you know, as smoothly as they would have liked, instead of, you know, bringing confidence and reassuring people that these vaccines are okay, they're actually causing a lot more confusion. Um, For my personal, I don't want to be one of the first people to get the vaccine, right? Mm -hmm. I think the vaccine is going to be necessary. But I also think that it's going to be a lot of trial and error. Mm -hmm. Kind of like what Sasha said, I do think they did as much testing as they could. It is a rush job as far as the fact they want to get a vaccine to market as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Whether that was for, for like whatever their personal reasons were to getting it to market as quickly as possible. Not to say that just because it's a rush shop that they didn't still meet certain safety standards mm-hmm. and reach certain benchmarks, you know, to be approved. But at the same time, it's one thing to be testing it on like a few thousand people, right? Which will give you like really good, give you, that's a good size testing pool to what's the impact once you start giving it to like millions of people. Um, I don't, again, I don't want to be one of the first people to get it. I do want to let other people get it first. Let's see how it really like starts impacting people on mass. If lots of people start ending up with like too many side effects, then yeah, I'll be glad that I didn't get it. And I hope that these businesses go back to the drawing board or try to like improve their vaccine. But I personally don't want to be a guinea pig for anyone's, you know, science whether it'll help society or not. I am still going to do everything in my power to stay safe as far as all the things we're supposed to be doing. Wearing your mask, staying, you know, clean and sanitary, keeping six feet away from people and stuff like that. I'm going to keep doing those things regardless of if I get a vaccine or not. Yeah. But I don't plan on like I'm not going to be the first online to get this vaccine, but I'm also not in the camp to say, oh, the vaccine is fake and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, no, if you feel like you need a vaccine, especially if you feel like you're high risk and stuff like that, then go and get it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to discourage anyone from getting it for personal reasons. I just don't want to be one of the first people to get it. You know, maybe like the, the second or third wave, I'll be like, I right, let me hop on. I'm just don't want to be like, to get it like right out the gate. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. That's understandable. Yeah, for me personally, I'm just like, eh, nah. <laughs> I just don't trust, like, especially, mm-mm. it's just yeah. like too it's- rushed and they they really need to take time, especially with the factors of COVID-19. Like mm-hmm. if it was regular, like 
cold or something like that or some regular like other virus that was just like a single strand virus or whatever i don't i think i would be less worried you know but this virus is different like this virus mutates differently in people so it probably will work for some but it will not work for all you know That's it will have for everybody regardless if you know they take their time and it's because of the virus itself it mutates so fast it incubates for so long so you don't even realize it until it's too late you know and it stays active for a very long time before it becomes dormant you know and there's people who's asymptomatic and they can't even find out what makes people asymptomatic and what doesn't you know so they need to really like hone those things in and bring in those factors and come up with many different vaccines it can't just be the one size fits all type of vaccine because it's yeah. not going to the way I mean, this virus they are, is they did come out with a second one like i know uh two comp a second company just came out with their own vaccine as well mm -hmm. i'm not sure if it's the same type of vaccine or if it functions the exact same way particularly as black people in which we have no reason to trust the government we have no reason to trust the scientific community in regards to just because you say you're going to give us this vaccine for this one one reason doesn't mean that there isn't something else hidden in there that we aren't aware about we have precedent for that type of mis mistrust yeah right it's not something yeah. where it's like oh i don't trust the government because da 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 but there's no real proof or reason for it it's like no as a community you know, black and brown folks have had history with, you know, the government just experimenting on people without their consent, you know, giving people things in vaccines without their consent. So yeah. on the one hand, I understand people who just don't trust it and don't want to get it and are kind of wary. At the same time, it's one of the things where like, a vaccine would be extremely beneficial. And if we have a vaccine that's over 99, or, or over 90% effective, right? Getting close to that 99 percentile, I would want to be able to confidently encourage people to get it, yeah. right? So, which is why I'm like, if you don't feel comfortable, I'm not going to criticize you for not feeling comfortable. Yeah. You know, and if you do, if you're gung ho and you're going to be the first in line, then I applaud you as well. Definitely going to take a while for the vaccine to pick up with, with everybody. But I do hope that we get like a, a suitable vaccine and there is nothing like, nothing going on in the background that we, particularly black people, are going to find out like 30 years from now, oh, this group of black people in this one town, when they were getting the COVID vaccine, they were actually given like, syphilis they were given aids or hiv they were given this other disease so that they you know the government could see how it affects people because again they've done that in the past yeah i don't trust the medical system like everyone focuses on law enforcement especially now with like everything that has happened this year with um george floyd and stuff but people are missing like the medical field too like the medical field has done a lot of stuff to black people. For me, with especially with this vaccine, I don't trust it because also um with the uh vaccine, like you also have to like put a little bit of like 
the virus that you're trying to make a, a vaccine for. Mm-hmm. And then like you put like whatever else that they have to put in to make the vaccine, but they have to put a little bit of the virus. The fact that the virus has different strands and it mutates differently, is like basically like if you take that vaccine, you might get a different strand, you know, yeah. that your body's not used to. And so now you have two strands of the COVID-19 or like you have two like, you know, different like COVID-19s running in your system, you know, and um, mm. that's something that that's another factor that people have to take into consideration before you know, hopping online for the vaccine. I know people are desperate, but you really have to like, do not trust people's word. You know what I mean? Like you have to do your research. You have to look at everything from all angles before you go in and get that vaccine because this vaccine is too rushed with little information. We do not know enough for people to just hop on the vaccine and, you know, trust it. And they were going to try and do it on other African countries to try to test it on them, but they were like, oh, heck no, you ain't coming here trying to test this vaccine on us. So that's the only reason yeah. why it's tested here instead of in other countries, because they would have figured that out in other countries and let those people suffer. So I'm really glad like our people, not like our people, like Black people, but the people of America are being tested for it because it's the vaccine they came up with, you know, mm-hmm. like whoever comes up with it, you test it on your own people, like stop going to Black countries to test your vaccines or your diseases on people. It's messed up. I remember yeah. seeing that. Those two French scientists or pharmacists or whatever they were, yeah, they weren't shit. Yeah. Yep. Thinking about it and the whole testing, they did not test for pregnant women. So there's like a whole population that can't get the vaccine at all because nobody knows the effects on pregnant women. Nobody knows like what's going to happen in their case so in this whole testing situation i found it only people who volunteered to test of course were in that um group but how many people of color were in that group how many white people how many different ethnicities were in this group it might have been mostly white people and something that's mostly white people tested may not work for everyone exactly vaccines and medication impact different ethnic groups and cultural groups differently and which you know has things with like diet and lifestyle and whatever but because they impact us differently you need people from all those groups i remember when they were asking for volunteers and someone member of scientists or whoever said like to develop the vaccine the need to have like black people volunteer to be tested on for the vaccine was pretty crucial mm-hmm. again because black people have such a bad experience or like we could because we have history with you know this country just fucking with us for the sake of fucking with us and experimenting on us and just just doing whatever they want because they can get away with it you know what what that person was saying from a scientific standpoint is true you want to have black people in your data pool because you want to know how the vaccine is going to affect black people from different backgrounds, whether it's black American, Caribbean. Um, mm-hmm. At the same time, because of our history, it sounds sketch for a lot of black people. And it's like, you know what? I don't really fuck with you like that. So we're going to put a hard pause on that. So I agree with you. Like they may not have had as diverse and inclusive a test group, even if they tested like 
100,000 people, if they were testing mostly white people, mostly white men, it may impact different people differently. Yeah. And we may not know the extent. Not to say that the vaccine won't necessarily work for people, but we also don't know what side effects it would have for people either. Yeah. Which is which is valid. You know, I think we're we live in because we live in an age of anti vaxxers and like to the point where in some places measles came back because of anti vaxxers, a disease mm-hmm. that we already had like pretty much eradicated. Kind of you know, then it's it's very easy to be like when anyone questions vaccines or as a vaccine is rushed or whatever to condemn them and be like yo you're part of the problem Mm -hmm. but at the same time there are some valid criticisms that we need to keep in mind and it's okay to be critical of the things that the government and the news are pushing on us yeah you can't trust anything out of their mouth at least for me because it's always something that is benefiting or profiting for them you know like they profit off of division they profit off of sickness they profit off of a lot of dramatic and evil things so it's you can't trust somebody who is only on the side of whatever whoever has the most money whoever's throwing me the most buck um and that's what our government is like because we live in a capitalist society it's like literally whoever's throwing them the bigger bone is where they'll run they're not loyal to the people and especially black people like i do not trust them Right, so we are going to take a quick water break and we'll be right back. So we're back. (laughs) (laughs) So, Maxine, you had an interesting question for us. Would you like to share? Yeah, sure. Um, so I was thinking about interracial relationships and I was like imagining like, oh my God, if my brothers grow up and like they bring home a white girl, how my reaction will be if they bring a white girl. So um, I before I even say my opinion, I want to ask you guys, if your child, one, if your child um brings home a white person man or female um how would you feel about that and also a part two to that is um would it matter if their occupation was like in law enforcement for example if they were a cop would that make your answer different or will you stay the same so i'm gonna let Corey go first oh no (laughs) you can go if you want (laughs) um Honestly, okay, on the one hand, whatever partner my child brings home, I'm going to like side-eye them regardless because, you know, that's my kid. So now I'm looking at you with a side-eye to be like, I, what kind of person are you? Mm-hmm. Now, if my child, my offspring, my progeny <laughs> was to bring <laughs> home a white partner, as long as like... On the one hand, as long as that person made them happy, as long as I didn't think that person was like a negative influence as far as like discouraging them, any type of like emotional abusive, whatever. Um, as long as I felt like they had like a very healthy dynamic, then I wouldn't really care and I wouldn't really 
try to like butt in on their relationship too 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 much you know um maybe a little like life advice or whatever but not too much now kind of throwing in the fact you know that they're they're white there would be a level of like we'd have a conversation just in general about their politics again i don't have any children at the moment but just knowing myself and knowing like the type of things that i would instill in my children as far as being you know proud of who they are understanding like their blackness and how that blackness is viewed and how it functions within the society and stuff like that you know i would hope to be confident in the fact that if they happen to have a white partner their partner wouldn't be like a white supremacist or like super toxic or anything like that um but i would want to have just a general conversation not like a interrogation or hounding it'd be like a light dinner conversation you know we talk politics and as long as they're not like a maga person or like i don't know as long as i don't feel like they have any toxic traits for example you like you know how there's some guys who you know get with white women and then even uh like the children they have like especially if they have daughters right this white woman has no idea how to do their black daughter's hair make all these different comments about how difficult it is how all these black features make it very difficult for their child to just exist normally quote unquote which is very problematic so as long as i felt that whoever my kid was with wasn't like that type of person i would live with it mostly because i can't force we live in the west there's no arranged marriages here i can't force my child to marry whoever i want so as long as i felt like the person was a toxic or problematic or whatever then i'd live with it and i'd accept them with open arms and it's like whatever you do you and as long as you make each other happy that's cool mm. yeah that's that's my perspective on it oh wait but before you go sasha what about the cop situation but that uh, would that matter i mean again I have like family members and relations who have worked in law enforcement, who have been cops. Again, it's not to say just because you're a cop that you don't understand all the things that are going on in society, right? I think the problem comes no matter what happens, you need you feel the always feel the need to defend another cop even if you know what's going on is bullshit. Right? I remember I was in this group and Pretty much it was all black and brown folks and there was these two women who were cops pretty sure they were hispanic we're talking about situations in which police just kind of acted extremely recklessly and the only thing that could come out of their mouths is like well we don't know the situation well we don't know the situation well we don't know the situation and kind of like all these like excuses and excuses and excuses and excuses for why the cops could have been in the right or could depending on the information they had at the time maybe they made the right call maybe they didn't there's this real like instilled fear to just call bullshit mm-hmm. it's like they're incapable of calling bullshit on another cop it would be a thing like whether again this whether my partner decides to marry white cop black cop the function of them being a cop is already going to be a source of contention because i'm going to say cops ain't shit 
they're going to feel some type of way and feel like they need to defend all their cop brothers and sisters. But I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to hate them because they're a cop. We're going to have a very hard line of politics when it comes to the interaction with police, my personal stance of defunding police. Um, so black cop, white cop. Again, I'm not going to like disown my child for like marrying a cop or something. And I'm not going to, again, as long as they're not like some on some like MAGA shit or some Blue Lives Matter shit, them being a cop, they'll probably automatically be a Blue Lives Matters person. But as long as they're not on some like real heavy BS, then I'm not going to like hate them or anything like that. I'll still open my arms to them, still make them feel like a part of the family and stuff like that. So I wouldn't be happy if my child brought home a white person, but it would honestly have to be an, I want to say more of a deep intentional conversation about their politics, uh, breaking down anti-racism with them. Like a lot of different concepts have to be covered. Maybe it's not just one conversation. It's a series of conversations, Mm -hmm. which sounds way more um, level-headed than I will be once I see that person. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Off-site, I will not be happy, but I'd have to rein myself in. And then I would have to just see how they interact with the family. If they don't fit the family, if they can't interact, like they come and they're just like a nuisance or definitely a toxic person, the conversation with my child would have to be had. Um, And then bringing into the aspect of being a cop, like Corey said, like if they're on some blue minds matter shit, it's over. (laughs) Um, or like former Trump supporter or MAGA, um, it's over. I can't help but think about the people once Trump had won or Trump was on his way to winning, who girls who were black, whose boyfriends came out of the closet as Trump supporters and were like calling them all kinds of names and like disparaging them left and white i can't forget that and i feel like all not i'm like people always give me shit about this i feel like all white people have the potential to be completely racist unknowingly I, i i agree i'm i'm all white people are racist period yeah so like my thing is bringing a racist home is not cool like even if they don't think they're racist, they're always racist. Like, let's not, let's not think, like, even people who are doing the anti-racism work have to analyze and realize there's still stuff that they're doing that is racist. So yeah, that's my biggest problem. My child bringing home a racist. (laughs) Yeah. I do want to quantify. Yeah. That when I say all white people are racist, and which I do believe, we need to. I'm not saying that all white people are Klansmen, that all white people are out here burning crosses, that all white yeah. people are MAGA country, and that Agreed. all white people want black people dead. That's completely incorrect, right? Mm-hmm. We need to start thinking of racism as a spectrum. So you have your extremes, which are the MAGAs, which are the Klansmen, which are the people who lynched people who went out and lynched in lynching parties on the weekends and stuff like that right? 
those are the, the extreme the extreme those are like the super white supremacists that's yeah. like very obviously racist and then on like the very low end of it you know you have people you have like your your white liberals you have your people who are really nice and you know will talk pretty to you in your face and stuff like that and, or like they're genuinely nice people and they generally do feel like you know treating people with respect based on like their humanity and not necessarily on their cultural background or their color of their skin or texture of their hair stuff like that but we live in a racist society so there are things that seep in right there are certain expectations you know there are certain things that for example you know because they know you and because they're so comfortable with you they may say things like you know addressing like crime on on tv they may believe in like black and black crime you know not necessarily think thinking that it's bad but it's like yeah you know black people committing crimes against other black people black and black crime yeah that makes sense it's yeah. like no black and black crime is a red herring it doesn't exist people commit crime based on proximity 80 to 90 percent of crimes committed against white people are done by other white people we we have the same similar statistics as everyone else yeah we just we just i'm not even gonna get into all that because that's like whole different conversation yeah but they're the hyper visible yeah but the, the thing is you can have the you know really nice people who just have certain like you know misconceptions and whole certain stereotypes you know we can be cool and it can be a thing where like because we're friends we can learn about each other and through our understanding on overcome those things, right? So it's not to say that all white people are evil because they're racist, but all white people are racist and understanding that because you live in a society that hates black people as, you know, the building blocks of the, found, of the, of the nation, right? Mm-hmm. Is thinking that black people are subhuman and deserve less than. Once you understand that, be able to start criticizing the things in society that you may have been taught that may have been racist. I agree. Like my other thought about your spectrum of racism, because there's of course the Klansmen, the people who went out and lynching parties, but then there's a limb, the people who attended and Mm -hmm. watched the lynching. There's people who took the pictures, the silently complicit people. Yeah. Yep. All those people, just because there's all the people who were the bystanders and were comfortable with it, even if they weren't actively participating, or even exactly. if they, or even if they were like turned off by it, but they still they still were present, and they still made no attempt at you know, rectifying. To enact, yeah, rectifying anything or trying to enact change. For me, uh, I agree with some of your points, especially about like racism being on a spectrum i agree with that point a lot for me if my child okay so it definitely like i have to bring the intersectionality of gender as well mm-hmm. um into it so if i had a black son and a black daughter and let's say both of them bring home a white person right and let's assume they're straight let's just assume um okay. and what you call it, the my black son brings home a white girl 
I will I will be so pissed. Like <laughs> I will be so <laughs> mad. It's like, did I not raise you right? Like, what did where did I go wrong? And you bring it home. Like you know me. Like why would you even? Why do you think I would entertain that? You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm not to say like I would teach my sons or daughters to be biased, but they need mm-hmm. to understand the society is not for them. It's built on, it's a white template. For me, I already have personal issues with white people, you know, in my own life. And then for them, for my child, especially my son, to bring on a white girl, it's just like, yo, like, I need to investigate this girl or find a way to, like, completely remove her away from my family. Like, it's danger. Like, my, the alarms will go off, like, danger, danger, danger. I wouldn't even give them a chance, you know? Um even if they're adamant about keeping the person, it's like, okay, you keep them, but remove them far away from the family. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and, you know, I worry because, you know, it's different. Like the different types of pains that a black boy goes through and a black girl goes through is completely different. Um, for my black son, I'm afraid like this girl, God forbid, might, might have like some fit one day and then take it too far. And then all I know, like from, have you ever seen the Tyler Perry, um, Daddy's Girl? And that yeah. like movie where he was dating this white girl and she like basically cried rape, even though like he was saying like, I just don't want to have sex and stuff. And then he ended up going to jail. Like that's the scenario I'm playing in my head. If God forbid my black son brings home a white girl, like she's just going to mm-hmm. cry wolf. And then my, I lose my son to the jail system and then he's going to have to be enslaved making license plates, making sneakers. Like, that's not the life that I called my son to have, you know? Mm-hmm. So for me personally, and then there's another thing too, I would feel like resentful, you know, because like, you know how it is where like the ideology of when a black man goes higher, they always switch their, their partners, yeah. you know, like they go yeah. whiter. So for me, it's like, you know, that you got black sisters out there, right? Like there's other girls, like why the white girl? You know, mm-hmm. like I would automatically think these things and I know it's not quote unquote right and stuff like that. But for me, it's just like, there's really deep rooted reasons why I don't mm-hmm. want my son to like, it's literally dangerous if my son dates a white girl, especially the type of white girl he dates. Like, even if yeah. she's woke, I like, sometimes I don't even know if this is all white people. Like, I'm not going to say all white people because maybe they're different, but I just feel like white people could just flip a switch and turn like completely against you. Like, you know what I mean? So for me, because they're so privileged and because this world, like this society is for them, you know, I don't want a situation where all of a sudden she can't handle the black life and so she makes a switch and then it ruins my son's life. Now, if it's a girl, you know, and she brings home a black boy, oh my God, I would be, I would be just as pissed too. But mm-hmm. I would be concerned about like her being silenced by the white man, you know, like, what if she's in a situation where, you know, she needs mama to help her. She needs somebody to help her. But because he's white, she doesn't like the moment she cry, like cries for help. It's going to be silenced by him because he has all the privileges. It's just hearsay or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so that's where I'm concerned of where it comes to my black daughter. Like this man is not going to really be there for you. Mm-hmm. you know? um, and I just. For me, like with white people, that's how I feel. Now, for the situation with the cop, um, I don't care if you're a white cop, black cop, Asian cop, Spanish cops. All cops are trash to me. Like, that's just my <laughs> humble <laughs> opinion. 
yet I, my humble opinion, all cops are trash to me. You know, like sometimes it really be your own people that hurt you in law enforcement who's supposed to protect you and they don't. Sometimes it's white people and that's not shocking to me. Sometimes it's other minorities just standing by watching, you know, um, but all cops to me are trash, you know, like, so the fact that if she, if my daughter or son brought home a white cop, black cop, you know, whatever type of cop, I don't care. As long as I hear the word, they're a cop, they're working in law enforcement, get them out of my face. <laughs> like, I do not want what if, them. What if they were like, not a cop or like, what if they were like a lawyer? Not like a prosecutor, still- but like a public defender. Mm. So they, they help try to keep people out of jail. Mm. I don't know. Because look, I, I'm talking from experience too, okay? <laughs> like my father was a lawyer, okay? Mm-hmm. And he did a lot of trashy things and he used the law to his benefit in mm-hmm. order to do the trashy things. So even if you're in law enforcement, I don't care, cop, lawyer, whatever, I just do not want them in my house. Because one minute they could be like, oh, you know what? Oh, I will take care of your family this time and the third, or I wouldn't do anything to hurt you and stuff like that. And then the next minute they have the whole system working against you because you trusted them so much, you know? So that's the situation where I don't care if you're a boy or girl, as long as I hear you're a cop or if you're in law enforcement, but especially cop, I do not want you in my house. Get out. Like, and if my daughter or son really wants to be with them, live your own life separately out of this house. Like do not even do not even. Uh-uh. No, that's how, that's how I feel. Excommunicado. Yes, excommunicado. I'm sorry. Imagine they bring home a fed, like, oh, yeah, my girl, she's like FBI or blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, heck no. No. (laughs) Oh, you're working in Washington. Like, damn. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, like, for me, like, I still love my children. And Mm -hmm. clearly, like, for me, like, when it comes to dating, they should date where you know, they're after college and they have like their life together because dating is a whole different topic. But like, you know, dating is a serious thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So this is assuming that they're old enough to like date and they got their lives figured out. You know, this is not like a situation where they're 16 and they're dating and stuff like I clearly would have kicked them out. (laughs) But like, if they're like 26, 30 and stuff like that, it's like, okay, you, you're old enough to live your life now. You've made your decision, your decision, I've made mine. I do not want this person in this house. And if you really love this person, you have your life together. You call mama whenever you need. Cause I will, I'll still help my children whenever yeah. they need help. I'll still help them, but I will not help their partner. It's like, yeah. I don't care who's your partner. I signed up for you. I birthed you. I did not birth your partner. So whatever you want to do with your partner, that's your business. But as long as you can help kids. her mom. What if they, the yeah. grandkids like that's that's not the grandkids fault. I'll still love yeah. them. But I mean, like, I still love the grandkids. Say there's, a situ- say there's a situation where like they have kids, and because you like have such a bad, say it's like, you know, for example, say it's your son, right? Mm-hmm. Say something bad happens to him. God forbid, right? I'm not trying to speak this into existence. We're just talking about a hypotheticals. Hypotheticals, yeah. You know, say something happens. And now because you had such a bad relationship with the mom and she knows you don't like her and stuff like that. But now she's like moving across the country with the, with the kids and stuff like that. Now she's like with her parents and her community who she feels like supported with, you know, and now the grandkids are like all the way over there in West Bumblefuck with all the <laughs> white, with all the white supremacists and stuff like that. Oh yeah. When it comes to the grandkids, that that would be problematic for me like i 
I don't want to seem like a controlling mom, but (laughs) (laughs) I will definitely need a... (laughs) Because, like, for Black women, and I'm not a mother yet, but I already am, like, helping with my brothers, you know? And I'm always afraid for their lives. Like, they were a part of the Sacred Heart shooting and stuff like that. Like, I'm always afraid for their lives because they're Black boys. You know, and so mm. I don't even have a kid yet, and I'm already feeling this fear. Imagine if I birthed a kid out. You know what I mean? Like that's a whole different ball game. And then because of the way society is, it's like they either kill the black man or they rape women of their resources and of their talents and everything. Like it's just like just two extremes, and that I have to worry about with my black son or my black daughter or both. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why for me, it's like I have to be this protective because literally the world could take my children at any second and it's not just like the world like natural disaster or like oh car accident or something no it's like literally because a white cop races they could shoot you or like oh because this person is white and they rape you you are having a hard time fighting for your justice you know like these are situations that people don't think of in the moment but it's not until they experience it that they're thinking about it you know and so for me, when it comes to the grandkids, we would need to have a conversation because I may not like the mother, but I will do whatever I can with the grandkids because that's not their fault. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. they're mixed and mixed and that's okay. I'll love their mixed-ish. Okay. Like I'll love mixed-ish. that. But I still will not love the partner. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, because of the experiences I had with white people, there are some that are personal. There are some that I see on TV media wise. There are some that I see just globally. The way Black people are treated by white people, I automatically, it's like a trigger for me, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I cannot just accept the fact that you're with a white person, especially if they're in in law enforcement. Like, that scares me so much. Like, I would do whatever I can to break it up if I can. Like, there are other options. Many fish in the sea, please. Not... (laughs) Not law enforcement, Damn. please. Yeah, like, no. You going? That's on. my personal opinion. I'm like, what I would say is, when you brought up this question, these questions, I didn't expect your answer to be this. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, i i can I can understand it, right? Mm-hmm. Again, everything you brought up about, you know, just just all the dynamics of just because of the racial dynamics in this country the thing with you know we talk about interracial interracial relationships particularly amongst black people we always limit it kind of to black and white like yeah. and which is which is just because are the dynamics of between these two groups is very volatile throughout the entire history of this country you know our ancestors were like forcibly brought here on slave ships to the americas you know north south and the caribbean so I totally get it, particularly when we're talking about black, black and white relationships, you know, and, I, and it's, it's real easy because I can definitely understand some people listening to this conversation being like, yo, that's so fucking racist. Like, yo, I didn't. What I'm saying is racist? I, I didn't think Maxine was this racist. <laughs> You know, black people also, can't be racist. But, I don't believe yeah, that. They can be prejudiced. But like, that's they can. It. Yeah. yeah. But what I'm, mm-hmm. but my thing is, in you know, on this podcast, I just want to make one thing clear. On this podcast, and I'll speak for myself, and if you guys agree with me, 
I'm never talking to white people, right? I'm never going to try to make white people the focus of the conversation. My focus is black people and black people as a whole, you know, mm-hmm. and it's kind of secondary to that, you know, or just brown people who maybe share similar experiences and stuff like that. So yeah. speaking then so speaking to all these all those people and then of course any white people who happen to be listening, enjoying and you know, want to learn Mm-hmm. what we're all about again it's real easy to be like oh man that's so racist because guess what if a white person was saying this about black people you damn sure i'd be <laughs> like yo this is some racist ass bullshit and nobody yeah. would bat an eye at this exactly like, but mm-hmm. i do think there's a difference the difference is and i say this for people who are like why is it you know that white people can say blah 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 blah, blah but then a black person came out here and say, you know, I hate white people, and that's okay. The lived experiences of these different groups of people. White people created the narrative that black people were subhuman. They created the narrative that we didn't deserve respect. White people hate black people because of the stuff they made up, the stories they made up amongst themselves about black people. Yeah, We didn't come to their countries and, like, pillage and rape them and enslave them and do all the things for them to you know hate us and have all these preconceived like uh, grievances against us they created their own narratives about how we were turning us into monkeys turning us into overly sec- over sexualizing our women over sexualizing our men turning us into deviants they create the narratives that nearly every black person that you meet that isn't in a suit is like a thug or a monkey or like whatever right? They created those narratives amongst themselves. So their hatred is based on nothing. It has no real foundation because, you know, they invented the narrative and they sustained the narrative, you know? And for the most part, Black people are always trying to fight against their narrative just so that they can live normal lives and not have to worry about, Mm -hmm. you know, certain getting entangled in certain situations whereas again black people but there's a lot more merit to it right yeah again like i said there's entire history of white people in this country just fucking with black people for the sake of fucking with black people you know even even white people who you thought were your friends and then one situation comes up and suddenly they switch up you know and Mm -hmm. it's white is right and they're using the system to put you in your place. Okay? Yeah. So I can definitely understand when a black woman like Maxine is talking about, I have all these fears about my black children and if they brought home a white spouse or a white partner, I'd be hella salty and hella tight and I wouldn't be okay with it. Even if I still, you know, wanted to love and support my child versus if a white person said that and it's like, but you have no real basis yeah that like exactly. you have no real basis to hold any of those statements on whereas we have a history of abuse um, mm-hmm. and oppression with this other group i definitely understand people listening to this conversation and this is like a similar conversation that happens anytime black people start talking about interracial relationships i personally am not against interracial relationships i think that as long mm-hmm. as they 
there's healthy communication and both are willing to do the work to ensure that one person isn't being like unnecessarily toxic or oppressive to the other person in their relationship because that can happen too it's all cool and then on the other hand if there is all that toxic shit happening that's your relationship what you what you eat doesn't make me shit so take that over Mm -hmm. there you know yeah yeah what what gets me a little annoyed about actually really annoyed about interracial relationships is when they talk about the mixed children as if these mixed children are like the future this Mm -hmm. is what the whole world should be like these mixed children are the evidence of like some holy grail of racial post-racial like i don't know post-racial error yeah and i'm just like mixed children are not the answer mixed children are just people yes they're flawed they have their own internalized racism they have their own identity issues let's not put this onus of them being the fix of the world on them because they're not the fix of the world people like like to take interracial relationships and make it seem like because interracial again between black and white people exist that suddenly racism isn't a thing and obviously this person who is dating a black person can't be racist because they're in a relationship with a black person but guess what thomas jefferson owned a whole ass slave plantation was a whole ass racist and he was raping a whole ass you know sally hemmings and they had a whole you know gaggle of mixed children and you can say in whatever that he loved her or didn't love her or whatever his feelings were towards her you know that was an interracial relationship you know and they had their children some of which decided to be white passing kind of look never look back at blackness other people who embraced their blackness but mm-hmm. you know to say that just because you just because you fuck a black person or want to be in a relationship with a black person that suddenly you know race relations obviously can't exist or that the person can't be a relation, racist or have certain toxic traits and problematic, you know, traits. That's kind of where I'm less like, you know what? I don't even want to have the conversation because you've decided that just because, you know, you like you like black people in a sexual way that washes away all the work you have to do to dismantle your anti-blackness and your internalized racism. Yep. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I know this is it sounds you know very bad i guess for lack of a better word but i have legitimate fears when it comes to raising black kids you know um and just like looking at the dynamics of how you know i'm helping to raise my brothers and stuff like it's hard for me to imagine wrap my head around you know the fact that they might bring home white partners and then it's like it will be a real test for me to be like do how much do I love my siblings or how much do I love my children to like put that aside and still accept them like you know I feel like it's different you know like it doesn't mean I don't love my children but I just don't love their partner you know Mm -hmm. like their partner is literally a symbol of everything traumatic for black people Mm. you know um Mm. just you know it's just triggering sometimes to see white people and sometimes there are sweet white people like I know sweet white people what you if know, like your partner never, married well not your partner what if your kid married like 
Mr. Rogers. <laughs> Mr. Rogers. <laughs> like, uh, one that's a one, very old person. <laughs> well, but you know what I mean. What if it was like a yeah. Mr. Rogers type person or like, you know, just they, they just exuded love and affection. And mm-hmm. just like they were like that type of person. Would you would yeah. you, not to say that you would like be okay with it, but like over time, do you see yourself if they prove themselves to be like a genuinely, you know, just chill and cool person, gradually mm-hmm. like warming up to them? Um, they will have to thaw my heart out first. Like I would literally, like I would literally pain. Ah. <laughs> Ice my heart, chain it, wrap it up, <laughs> like put bubble wrap around it. Damn. Like, yeah, like they will have to thaw my heart out because I really would have no feelings for that. Like, it could be like some phony act that they're doing to just get my son because they want to try the exotic, what you call it, um, BBC. I think that's how they call it, right? Yeah. Um, want to try the the guys out because they're so exotic, or they want to try my daughters out because oh they look so exotic like uh uh-uh like you could say the sweetest nothings to me like mr rogers and i wouldn't mean crap to me because literally it sounds like i just feel like it sounds like trash like Mm -hmm. you would literally it's your actions for me like for me like your actions like are you god forbid if there's a situation with uh what you'll call it let's say this is an officer right and this is a white officer that my daughter decided to marry or whatever and let's say there's a situation where some white guy is saying some racist crap to her, like, oh, you nigger, or whatever. Are you going to be like, ha, 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 laugh with them? Or are you going to defend my daughter who mm-hmm. just got called a nigger? You know, like, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to just cower away? Or are you going to take your stance? You know, mm-hmm. because you decided to marry my daughter. You can't just dip into blackness and then try to clean it up. Like, no, when at the end of the day, we can never change our skin. We can never change who we are for black people. We're always going to be black. You can't just dip into our culture and like put it on as a costume, blackness as a costume, and then put it away when you're done with it. There's a lot of stars that like to do that. And a lot of people who probably do like to do that as well. Like, oh, I want to try this out because I'm going to be a rebel. So let me try dipping in the black culture to seem like I'm all that and I'm bad and stuff like that. And then once daddy and mommy or when, you know, society likes me again, I could just remove that blackness or that rebel side of me away and be the good old white girl boy that mommy and daddy and society want me to be. Like, no, at the end of the day, like I'm black for life. You know, no matter how much I bleach my skin, it's going to look tacky on me. Like I, I will never bleach my skin. Okay. Like that at the end of the day, like it's, I'm always going to be black. You're always going to be white, but you can't wear my blackness like a costume. It's disrespectful for me. So you need to acknowledge that, you know, you're dating a black girl or a black, my black son, my black daughter. And you need to also understand that I'm keeping my eye on you. Like the moment you do something wrong, I will literally go to the ends of the earth to like literally rip that relationship apart. Because at the end of the day, my son or daughter's life is more important to me than them like falling in love with someone like I want them to have someone that really loves all of them you know not just one aspect like I don't want them to I want them to acknowledge that they're black but to see beyond that as well yeah you know and sometimes in these relationships they like to sexualize objectify and just praise certain features of a black person and then once it's over, they like to dump them like a garbage bag. It's like, no, you don't get to do that. Not with my kids. No, I will literally keep an eye on you. And then you will have to literally thaw my heart out for me to even accept a little bit of you. 
okay? Because I will not accept them because at the end of the day, I, my interest and my focus is on my daughter and son's life because literally it's life and death. What, you know, that could be, you know, with that relationship. It's literally life and death. Like I will literally am looking at their life and I need to make sure that whoever I am giving them off to is willing to protect their lives. Like I will protect their lives. Mm-hmm. That's like my stance. And then for the cop situation too, I don't care about the race. The race doesn't matter. As the, it's the occupation that matters to me because cops are trash to me. Literally, your cops, when it's your black cops, you think they will defend you, protect you. They're the ones doing worse crimes to you or they're doing like the worst to you or like they're not defending you or doing what they, they're supposed to do when you know they're in enforcement, law enforcement. And then you have your white cops, your Indian cops, like you're all your racist. The race doesn't matter to me. It's just the occupation that really bothers me because I feel like cops are doing us a disservice, especially for Black people. So that was a very yeah. engaging conversation. Intense conversation, <laughs> too. <laughs> intense. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that conversation is always going to be intense mm-hmm. until we get to a place as a society where, I don't know, I think we're just going to keep having this conversation as long as white supremacy and patriarchy are still extremely oppressive to us as a group. So so as long as those things exist, we're always going to have this conversation. And it's mm-hmm. always going to be like this, eh, you know, tiptoeing around where it's like, I don't want to sound like, you know, prejudice bigot, but at the same time, I genuinely fear for my children in these situations. Yeah, I think like the only people who will nitpick at it is the people, you know, who like take parts of the clip and like, oh, look at what this person said instead of like watching the or listening to the whole thing, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's just those people who would, and I'm not interested in those people. I'm more interested in people who could un- actually understand that yeah. type of conversation. Like people who are our audience should know that, you know, we're not, I, I just don't think we're the type of group to water down anything, you mm-hmm. know, and the, the type of audience that I think we have is the type that can understand things critically and can look at the full picture because we're talking about the black experience a majority of our topics is about the black experience it's going to be intense as you said so long as the oppression is still weighs, weighing us down you know like but we have to have these conversations we can't sugarcoat it because we've been sugarcoating it for a while now and it's not getting the job done sometimes you got to be blunt with certain things you know in order for people to open their eyes I'd like to thank both of you guys for being here and having this conversation. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for yeah. being giving yeah. us the space to speak. So as we are record as of us recording, this will be the last time we're recording with each other in 2020. Yeah. Ooh, 2020 yeah. has been a long year. Hopefully 2021, you know, doesn't feel as arduous. <laughs> Yeah. But I'm looking forward to seeing you guys in the new year. Yeah, same here. Looking forward to it too. All right. So I would Uh, like to thank all of the listeners for joining us. Whatever time that you are listening to this, uh, if it's after the holidays, I'd like to wish you a happy holidays and a happy new year. And let's hope that 2021 is a much better, a much more fruitful year for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Looking forward to 2021. Yay, 2021. Bye. Bye.